been spiritual fathers and fathers of the gospel. And so I appreciate all of them that are with us. They are a great strength to me, just uh, feeling their encouragement, knowing that they are uh, fellow laborers and uh, they understand. And so uh, it's great to have Brother White, Brother Rogers, my dad. Brother White, come. We're glad that you're here. Honored. Pastored a great church. Used to go by the name of Christian Apostolic Church of the great city of Coshocton. Well, praise the Lord, church. In God good. Man, I can feel his presence here today. Such a wonderful feeling. And I do give honor to our pastor. His family, I'll tell you what, don't know where we'd be without them. Amen. Amen. Their encouragement. Amen. And just being here and lifting up the name of Jesus. And uh, and for the elder over here, the bishop, I uh, I did this in honor of him. I brought my iPad too. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're from the old school. You know, I used an iPad one time and got halfway through the message and the iPad went out and it happened to be a wedding and I was just I wasn't the one officiating but I was the one that was saying something and it all just left so you know I, I use notes so you know pardon me if you think I read everything I probably do amen but I wanna I wanna speak this morning just for a couple minutes I wanna talk about pro, proven proven ways to be a successful dad. All right, there's a book out. I don't know whether you've got it or not, you should have. It's Proven Ways to Be a Successful Dad. It's called the Bible. Amen, when I first became a father, I was looking for books, how to become a dad. All right, but I found out later that I had it with me. It was the Word of God, amen. So just briefly this morning, in Hebrews chapter seven, or chapter 11, verse seven, Noah prepared an ark for the saving of his household. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. That's the only place you find it in the King James Bible. Moved with fear. Prepared an ark to the saving of the house by the which he condemned the world and came heir to the righteousness which is by faith. Uh, but this morning, it's just a message about a dad preparing an ark for the saving of his household. Amen. There's so much good in the Word of God. And if we just get in it and dig it out, you know, the things that we think we don't know, the Bible tells us. Amen. I want to talk about three things real quick. The danger, the dad, and the deliverance. Amen. It's important to all of us. First, the danger. A flood of deadly proportions was coming. And God warned him about it. Amen. It's going to be disastrous. We all know the dangers of a flood. I don't like water when it gets up over the road. And we've encountered it several times coming here from Coshocton. Uh, but, you know, flood can take away your whole lifetime's work. All right. So we're talking about a flood here. The flood here that we're talking about hasn't stopped raining in the last 2,000 years. I read about a movie called The Perfect Storm. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, but it's Satan. He's, he's got a battle plan up and working, 
for the perfect spiritual storm. And I think we're in the midst of it today. Amen. Amen. So in the Midwest, I don't know whether you remember or not, a few years ago there was a storm that they called the storm of the millennium. All right. Uh, it was a storm that only happened every thousand years. Uh, dams broke out west and just it was disastrous. But the Bible says that anything in this age, anything that can be shaken will be shaken. All right. So as we learn this, uh, we just thank God for the verse that speaks deliverance to us. Amen. It's the word of God. But before the deliverance comes a dilemma. All right. And we have to be ready for it. All of us. You know, this is Father's Day and, and I appreciate all the fathers. I'm pe preaching to the greatest men on earth, their fathers. All right. Grandfathers, great grandfathers, maybe great great grandfathers. Amen. Don't look at me. I'm not quite that old yet. <laughs> but the flood that we're facing today will test our morals, our stamina, and our faith. But you can withstand that dilemma if you stay in the Word of God. All right? So as we go on, and I won't take up a whole lot of time uh, this morning, but I want you to know four things that Noah did. Noah protected his family with faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Noah protected his family with his spiritual hearing. Everybody say spiritual hearing. Spiritual. He protected his family with fear. We say fear. fear. These things are real. And Noah protected his family with the preparation of the ark. Thank God. Noah protected his family because with faith because we know that faith protects it watches over us, it delivers us, and it preserves us. Amen. That's the faith of God. All right? So we need to have that faith uh, to be a good father. I want you to notice the warning uh, that God gave Noah. And I, I've been reading this and studying it. It pertained to a very distant future event. It wasn't something that was going to happen tomorrow, but it was something that was going to happen in the future. And I looked to the Word of God, I said, God, there's something going to happen in the future here. Amen. We need to be ready for it. We need to be listening, amen, uh, of what God wants to tell us. Noah believed God. He protected his family with his spiritual hearing. I wonder how many have spiritual hearing this morning. Amen. I'm glad I do. Noah had an ear for God. Amen. But we can protect, you know, spiritual hearing also by fear. By fear, the Bible said, Noah prepared the ark. And fear of fire is a good thing. Amen. I got to thinking this morning. Fear of fire. When I was a kid, now, kids, plug your ears. When I was a kid, wasn't very old, lived in Columbus, and the house, we lived in a double house, and my aunt and uncle lived in the uh, one next door, and their stove didn't have a pilot light on it, so they used kitchen matches. Now, the older people here will probably remember that kitchen match. It had the striker right on the end, but now, you know, you find these kitchen matches, and they're just green. You've got to have a striker to be able to light it. 
But these that I'm talking about, you could throw them, hit the, hit the ground, the concrete, with that match, and it'd light and jump up. I used to do that all the time. Get a handful of those matches and hit them on the ground, and they'd pop up. Well, one day I did that, but Dad had a, a pan out in the garage full of gasoline cleaning an old clock. And I was out there, and I was doing that. And all of a sudden, you'd be surprised what happened. Now, you probably wouldn't be. It caught fire. So mom and dad were up in the upper floor of our house, and they were steaming wallpapers, and I ran up as fast as I could. I said, the garage is on fire. So, you know, dad run down, and they called the fire department, and the fire department came, but dad already had it out. He had a hose out there by the garden, and, you know, he says, I want to see you upstairs. And I thought, man, I'm really going to get it this time. I went upstairs, and I was fearful. And Dad took me in the bedroom, and he shut the door. I thought, oh, God, this is not going to be good. <laughs> but Dad did something that I'll never forget. He never touched me. He laid his hand on, on me and said, son, you don't know what you just did. He said, I could have lost you. Amen. And he, he demonstrated love to me, and I've never forgot. And it's been several years ago. I won't tell you how many. Amen. But we have to move with fear when we raise our kids and be like Noah. Noah did what he was supposed to do. But I want just briefly, in, in summing up, Noah protected his family. He prepared an ark. He had a plan. But better yet, he followed God's plan. And that plan included provision for every member of his family, and he followed the plan. God gives us a plan in the Word of God. We need to follow that plan. We need to follow that plan through to completion. All plans should have an understanding of the role, R-O-L-E, the goal, G-O-A-L, and the mole, M-O-L-E. You say, well, what do you mean? Your role is to be a lifeguard. We're responsible for our children. We pray for them, we nurture them, we do everything we can to make sure that they're doing what they need to be doing. That's the role. The goal is not financial, education, or social, but it's spiritual. Amen? It's spiritual. And, and finally, the mole, M-O-L-E. That's the enemy that seeks to destroy all of our plans that we have the good for our family amen so I, I pray this I said something today to encourage you you know I'm a dad and I need to be saved I've got kids and thank God they're all in church alright but we need to be a better prayer warrior and speak to God every day about them you know I'm a dad and I'm gonna stand in the gap and I know you are too alright or even if you're a single mom here this morning, same things apply to you. You know, if we just follow Noah's example, faith, spiritual hearing, fear, and preparation for the coming of the Lord, with the Holy Ghost, all things are possible. God bless you this morning. Praise the Lord. I appreciate Brother White. What great words of encouragement. Brother Rogers, 
If you'll come as well, we have, uh, <clears throat> he's been a great blessing in helping with um, outreach and prayer and praying. And uh, come ahead, Brother Rogers. Lord bless him. Let's give him a hand. He and Sister Rogers. Well, today's your day, Father's Day. It's uh, honoring fathers and fatherhood. And I probably did what everybody else does, they go home and, and begin to research Father's Day and what it was all about. But I, I couldn't help to think about my own life and my father that raised me and how that, uh, you know, my father was, a, was never in church that I know of until he was probably in his 80s. But <clears throat> he was uh, a tremendous father that took a lot of time, a lot of effort. We went fishing, hunting, and did all the things that, you know, a son and a father will do together. And <clears throat> so I thought back about, about my own father and my childhood and the unique way that he would instruct us. And I thought about what Brother White said. My dad, he... He had a, a unique way of teaching. I only had painful thought, or you know that, about maybe four or five times growing up. But he could make you feel like repenting, and he was uh, he was just really unique in the way he would do things. And of course, my dad was not in church, and I I wasn't in church either, so. We were on the French River in Canada, and I told my dad, I said, um, Dad, do you, ever play, do you ever play poker? And he said, uh, yeah, a little bit. And I thought, this is a good way to earn some extra vacation money. <laughs> so I said, how about uh, a game of poker? He said, okay. I said, do you play for money? He says, you got any money? And I said, well, I've got a little bit, about $15. He said, okay, put your money on the table. So we put it on the table, and it wasn't long before everything was gone. It wasn't his money, it was my money. And he said, double or nothing? You know, I lost, I lost all the money that I had, but he made sure I had everything I needed while we were on vacation. That's the kind of way he, he taught. And I thought that's the way the Lord is. You know, the Lord is so good. He's our Heavenly Father. He's His unconditional love that He shares with us. And He finds joy in His children. He loves each one of us and cares for us. He said He'd never leave us, never forsake us, that He would be with us always until the end of the age. As Sister Shostrand said, He's the everlasting Father. And, you know, he's our provider and our keeper. He's the great example. He's the template of what a good father should be. And I thought, you know, my dad passed away several years ago, but I thought if my dad was here today, that the one thing, I always like to get him something special for Father's Day. And I thought if I could do anything for my father, it would be if I had just another chance to tell my father about the beautiful gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, I studied quite a bit about everything I could find on Father's Day, and I realized something that they would give you a list, 12 things to make a good father, 12 things to be a good dad, or six things, whatever. And I thought, you know, all that could be summed up in one thing, Brother Shostrand, 
It could all be summed up in this, that if we're full of the Holy Ghost and we are led by the Spirit of God, that we can be what God desires us to be. And I thought about that. If any man or father that's in here today, maybe it's your first time here or you're listening online and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this is the ultimate gift. There is no greater gift ever given to mankind than the beautiful gift of the Holy Ghost. Now I thought if I could do one thing for my dad, I could not give him the Holy Ghost, but I would sit down with my dad. I would put my arms around him and I would say, Dad, thank you and I love you but I have something for you. There is an experience that you can have that will absolutely change your life. And that is the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. And if this is your first time here today, I would just invite you at the end of this baby to come and just receive what God has got for you. There's a tremendous blessing. And I promise this, that today can be the first day of the best of your life. And you can leave here today with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Today can be that day for you. Amen. That is the ultimate gift. As 1 Corinthians 9.15 says, 2 Corinthians 9.15 said, he said, thank God for the unspeakable gift. And it is, it is unspeakable, unutterable, undescribable, beautiful gift of the Holy Ghost. And that ultimate gift that the Father has is for each of us today. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So very, very true. What an amazing gift that we can receive. And if you don't have that gift, it'll, uh, it'll raise you up can raise you up from a hospital bed. It can help you strengthen you. As Brother White said, no matter uh, what book you want to read, if you ingest the Word of God, it'll change you, make you a great father. And uh, uh, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Great to have my father with us. And uh, Bishop, come. We're glad that you're here and uh, thankful for you being able to be with us today. Thank you. It is good to be here on Father's Day, and of course, it's good to be with my son, family, and of course, the family of God. And I appreciate these wonderful words from these elders, ministers, fathers, wonderful examples uh, that uh, you and I need to listen to and follow and uh, because they will they will help us and uh, my situation is uh, different I want to read you a scripture uh, what Paul said in the fourth chapter uh, of uh, Ephesians one Lord one faith one baptism one God and Father of all who is above all through all and in you all has been stated I'm so glad I know and have a heavenly father. My situation was a little different than probably some of you, but there may be somebody here. There were six children in our family, and I happened to be six years old, second to the youngest. I had a younger sister, and the rest were all older. 
And at six years old, my father left. And I never found him until I was 22 years old. And I found him in a nursing home. So I didn't have a father all of my life till I found him when I was 22. And I said, Lord, if I ever become a father, I want to try to be a good father and stay and help my children and not do what my dad did. And then I found out after I became a father, I found out there were three titles or positions that I had to fulfill. And I thought, wow, being a father, great. And then I found out, I don't know if I can do all this. The first position that I found out through the word of the Lord was, I had to be a priest. Like Job was. I have to go and make some sacrifices for my family. I have to make sure that all of my children are saved. And so I found out as a priest, I had to kind of represent my family to God. The Bible says Job had to, went and made burnt offerings, sacrifice for his family. And I found out I have to be a priest sometimes. I have to make some sacrifices for my family. And every father, wonderful title, grandfather, great-grandfather, or great-great-grandfather, you'll have to make some sacrifice. You'll have to become a priest. You have to make some sacrifices for your family. And sometimes that was a little difficult. And then I found out the second position or title was I had to be a prophet. And Brother White so wonderfully spoke about Noah. Noah had to build an ark for the saving of his house. He had to be the voice of God, the prophet, to his family. He ought to say, family, God spoke to me, and I'm speaking to you as a prophet. There's a flood coming, and I'm going to be that voice. And I found out I had to be a prophet to my family. I had to be that voice of the Lord to them. This is what we need to do. And sometimes that was difficult. And then I found out, I didn't like it, but I found out the other title was king. Priest, this is what the Lord gives every father. The title of a priest, the title of a prophet, and the title of a king. What's the king? He's the ruler. He represents authority. And then there was some times I found out I had to say, son, yes. Son, no. 
I had to be that authority and I had to say, you know what, there's some boundaries here I'm going to set for you. Maybe I didn't really like that position, but as a king, the ruler, I had to set some boundaries, say this, that's no. Yes, that's good. So I found out there's three titles as a father. I had to be that priest, prophet, and I had to be the king. I had to set some boundaries. And so I admonish to all of us that father is a wonderful title and Happy Father's Day to every father, and God bless every man, and young boy, young person, and fathers, God bless you richly, because we have a tremendous responsibility in this hour especially. What do I say? Be humble. Walk with God. Stay connected to the church. Stay in the body. Let God direct. Let God lead. Hey, God, and you will become a great father. And those titles you will fulfill in Jesus' name. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And it is an honor to have these men and all of our young men. I appreciate all of our dads and spiritual fathers. And it's already been mentioned some mothers that have to be mother and father. And I understand how overwhelming that can be. And uh, we're blessed. We, um, Sister Kelly, we call her my wife, named her Grace Kelly years ago, uh, came, became a part of our church when she was in high school and went to college and has um, been, of course, part of our church family and part of our family and has ridden down to Arkansas and, and traveled with us and done boxes with us at our house and all those things. And uh, this week, she <laughs> accepted um, the invitation to permanently become part of the Gastineau family via Josiah. So she and Josiah are gonna be uh, saying I do. This is, I guess, the year for weddings. We have Jessica and Carter. We had, of course, uh, Mackenzie and Sam already, and Joey and Keely, and we've got them. We're just, hallelujah. You would think during COVID that people couldn't get together, but I don't know. Something about it. It's, uh, but we're thankful that all of you are here, and I'm Thankful for all of our fathers. We do have service tonight, five o'clock. I know we don't have it during Mother's Day and, and uh, we will have Wednesday night service. And I, I, am, I know our time, we've, we've heard some great, great words. And I, I just wanna leave you with a little story and, and I wanna congratulate, of course, all of our men and all of our people that are living for God, young men. And uh, I appreciate the kind words of Brother David. I know 
his father, his natural father, Brother Chris is here, and that's an honor to have your natural father, and it's great to be a part of a spiritual family. And uh, I, I flew in several years ago, I don't know if you remember, I, I went to Madagascar to speak two or three different times, and uh, Brother Richardson, who is the missionary over Madagascar, his son, Chris, uh, now does Madagascar. Brother Richardson lived in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, and he was the regional director and uh, has an apartment there in Joburg. And one year he asked me, he said, well, fly in and to Joburg because there is only one flight through Paris that flies into Madagascar, and so you normally have to fly into Joburg. He said, stay an extra couple of days and we'll go to Kruger National Park. And uh, <clears throat> we'll spend the night out there near the border. And so I did. Uh, we flew into Joburg and then flew to Madagascar and we did the services all week and flew back to Johannesburg, South Africa. and. Um, uh, he, we got up early and drove. It's about uh, 10 hours, eight to 10 hour drive from Johannesburg to Kruger. And so we went in and we spent the night and uh, where we stayed was just across the river from the national park. And when we got up in the morning to eat breakfast, uh, there were elephants down in the water, and that was the beginning of a day. We drove all through the park and saw wild animals, and we had gone on a night safari seeing uh, the animals before. And then we headed back to Johannesburg, and I caught the plane the next day. Of course, he told me there is another national park that is smaller that is right near Johannesburg. The name of it is um, uh, Palanisburg National Park. And uh, Palanisburg is near there, but it doesn't have near the wild animals that are in Kruger. And in fact, they didn't have even elephants in Palanisburg. And so some of the park rangers got the idea that we're gonna um, relocate some of the elephants because they really don't have that many natural enemies. When they stay together in their herd, you know, nothing can really get them. So we're gonna we're going to get some of the elephants and move them from Kruger over to Palanisburg. And so they then tried to figure out. They had the vets and the zoologists and figure out, well, you know, do we tranquilize them and then try to roll them up on a truck? Or how do we get them, you know, to get from there? And it's 10 hours, nine, 10 hour drive by truck. And they came up with the idea that really the best thing to do would be to uh, tranquilize them, roll them onto a harness and get a helicopter and fly them over from Johannesburg to, uh, from uh, Kruger to Palanisburg Park. And so uh, they did that. That's, they, they, would, they went in and they tranquilized them and they found that they had not had a big enough harness for the bull elephants. For the big bulls, you know, there's usually one big bull 
And so they thought, well, that'll be okay. We'll take the cows and we'll take the, what, the smaller juvenile, not the babies. Well, the babies that are with the mother, but you see the picture of the four elephants there. The bull is so much bigger. The dad is so much bigger than the, than the littler juvenile, younger. And so they said, well, we'll just bring all of the family and leave the bulls. And so they did. And they left all the bull elephants in Kruger. And they brought all of the other elephants out of a pry, or what I don't call it a pry, a herd, I guess, uh, over to um, Palanisburg. And elephants, um, male elephants produce what they call must, M-U-S-T-H. And it's uh, sort of like men's testosterone, you know. And when it comes time that they, and they produce that, and then the cows that are ready to uh, breed will smell that and be attracted to it. And they noticed in Planisburg that rhinoceroses were being killed. And they were finding dead rhinoceroses everywhere. And they thought it was poachers. And so they begin to set up cameras, but they noticed that nobody was stealing the horns of the rhinos. They weren't taking the horns of the rhinos, they were just putting a big hole in them and they were killing them. And so the park rangers had this idea where well, we gotta catch these poachers. Come to find out it wasn't poachers at all, it was the adolescent male elephants that didn't know what to do with all this built up must and they were had formed gangs of three and four elephants and were chasing down rhinoceroses and killing them so what can we do and they theorized that it was because there was no bull elephants to keep the young adolescents in line. So they went back to the drawing board and built a bigger harness and flew a couple of the bulls and guess what? The rhinos were saved. Now that happened in South Africa and it has no application to the United States. But I am thankful, as has already been mentioned, if you don't have a dad and you're trying to figure out your life and you're trying to find yourself and you're trying to figure out what you need to do with all the must and all the chemicals and all the fear and all the anxiety and all the tension that is built up, Amen. I'm going to give you a clue. Find somebody who can be a father that will point you to the heavenly father or get out the word of the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to lead me and guide me. I want you to show me because we are seeing the result in America of adolescents that really are out of control because there's nobody that'll say, let me help you, son. Yeah, I'm going to be that protector. I'm going to be that disciplinarian, that authority. I'm going to help you in this hour. But I want you to know, as, as, as Brother White already said, 
but that Noah moved with fear. Oh God, help us in this hour to realize I need the presence of God. I need the Spirit of the Lord to lead me and guide me. Happy Father's Day. But Lord, I don't want you to turn your back on me. I want you to talk to me. I want you to correct me. I want you to get me when to know what I need to do. Because in this hour, if there's ever a time that we need a spiritual father, it's the hour in which we live. And I am thankful. We've, I've, had, I've been blessed. As my father said, he did not have his father, natural father. I know his pastor became a father, and it wasn't just until he was 22. In fact, I was uh, 14 or 15 when we met yeah, Grandpa Showstrand for the first time. And uh, uh, so I, I, it was, I, what I'm saying to you is, is we are so blessed. We have so many that are here. And uh, I know we even have some ladies that have been like a father and that won't mind telling you. And if you need a father, you're able to find one in the house of the Lord. Let's stand. We're thankful for you all being here. <clears throat> I am thankful for what the Lord is doing. I am thankful for his presence. I was going to uh, preach on <clears throat> what a, natural, a, a spiritual father Paul said to Timothy, his son. But it is so good. It's good to have Nathan and his family. And uh, uh, good to have John there upstairs. Good to have, we have folks in the balcony. Great to have all of our dads. If you didn't get a pair of glasses to look cool today or a pen to protect your hands uh, we want you to have that but I, I'm here to tell you that that you can have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with a heavenly father and he'll lead you